I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Brad Kepler. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's most pressing challenges. We're continuing our special miniseries, Mission Critical Cloud. And here's our guest host, Teresa Carlson, Vice President of the Worldwide Public Sector at Amazon Web Services. To close out the series, we're diving into healthcare. From research to direct patient care, cloud computing is supporting the efforts of healthcare workers around the globe. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Andrew Jones, Head of Clinical Innovation here at AWS. You have a unique perspective because you're able to see this from both sides as a doctor and now as someone working directly in technology. Help us all understand some of the nuances of what we're seeing today and how the cloud is really helping us to advance and ultimately improve research and patient outcomes. Yes, a big part of healthcare, whether it's at the patient level or at the population health level, is data. Using modern cloud-based solutions can transform how healthcare organizations and care providers de-silo their data to provide better care. Whether it's a data lake or machine learning to comb through the latest research, data in the cloud are at the center of providing healthcare. Diving straight into today's interviews, Ray sat down with Dr. Christopher Longhurst, the Chief Information Officer and Associate Chief Medical Officer at UC San Diego Health. Take a listen. In terms of COVID-19, many of us have heard and are now aware of the fact that pneumonia has been a leading cause of death following infection. And UCSD Health has been using artificial intelligence to essentially comb through and analyze lung images of patients. Can you tell me about how this project came about and what some of the results have been so far? The project came about when Dr. Albert Shaw approached me about a week after the pandemic was declared a uh, national emergency. Albert's lab has been doing research in machine learning for chest x-ray images. And he had technology that had been run on COVID images from China that suggested uh, it could help our patients. So we rapidly implemented that technology using Amazon Web Services to scale it into a production environment so that all of our chest x-rays at UC San Diego Health would have this algorithm run essentially in real time. Are you able now to provide results faster or have you been able to come to any meaningful results for the patient population yet? We're doing this under the auspice of a clinical research trial. So we don't have the conclusive data yet. What we have learned is that we can run these images through a post-processing algorithm very quickly and that our clinicians are largely finding that this is helpful in decision-making around patients who are presenting in the emergency department. On that note, do you have any examples or anecdotes? It was actually the first week after we went live when I was walking through the emergency department to see if the physicians and nurse practitioners in the ED had used it yet. And one uh, nurse practitioner told me about a patient who they had seen yesterday who had a chest x-ray for um, other reasons, not because of respiratory symptoms. But the chest x-ray came back with a very slight indication from the AI algorithm that there might be uh, developing pneumonia that was not visible to the naked eye. Based on that, the team had sent a COVID test, and it turned out that COVID test returned positive. So those type of anecdotes lead us to believe that this is going to prove to be a helpful adjunct in decision-making. Can you tell us more about how artificial intelligence and the AWS cloud broadly are helping doctors and researchers to work more effectively and to rapidly identify signs of illness that otherwise aren't detectable to the human eye? Is UCSD Health doing anything else related to this project? 
artificial intelligence has all sorts of promise in healthcare, but obviously needs to be implemented very carefully to avoid issues of bias or inappropriate advice. And so we're taking very careful steps as we implement at UC San Diego and ensuring that our rollout is thoughtful and well-studied. And so, as I mentioned, this chest X-ray effort has been done under an institutional review board ethics approval as a clinical research study. And we'll wait until we have the final data from the study to declare success or victory, but it certainly is promising to date. What Amazon Web Services allows us to do is to scale these type of efforts in a way that would be difficult with on-premise compute resources. So for example, this machine learning algorithm was living in Dr. Albert Shaw's lab on his local server and would not have been able to support the demands of real-time production system. By moving the algorithm into Amazon Web Services, not only can we run this across all of our chest x-rays locally at UC San Diego, but we're also able to offer this under IRB to our sister University of California locations as well. Yeah, so of course, pneumonia exists beyond just a symptom of COVID-19. And so the research that your team is doing will resonate far beyond this pandemic and our current situation. Can you tell me a little bit more about your thoughts? What role will the cloud continue to play in pushing the bounds of medical research? And ultimately, how will artificial intelligence in the cloud help improve research outcomes, whether that's scaling or moving quicker or providing more communication and breaking down some of the barriers between researchers? I would say the uh, cloud is critical in our efforts to scale machine learning and artificial intelligence in healthcare. What's also critical is that we're integrating the results of these compute efforts right into workflow where clinicians and other um, health system leaders and patients themselves can have access to it. So one of the reasons I think this project has been so highly successful is that AWS has allowed us to run this algorithm on images very rapidly, but then deliver those images back into our local PAC system, where not only radiologists, but also our emergency department physicians and others can see the results in the same place where they would look for the results of the original chest films. So we want to do more like this. And I think that uh, detection of pneumonia is one sign of COVID. But obviously, there's other things that we can detect on chest x-rays as well. Working with smart researchers like Dr. Xiao and his lab, I'm sure that we're going to continue to iterate and improve this algorithm over time. I, I'm confident that in our collaboration with AWS, we will be able to scale new and innovative artificial intelligence methods across UC San Diego for the benefit of all of our patients and clinicians, as well as the entire University of California. Machine learning can be used on individual patient data, but it can also help scientists glean information quickly from a massive amount of published findings. We're talking thousands upon thousands of pages of research. The Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence recently embarked on a new project called 19. Adriana Dunn is the Senior Brand Marketing Manager of Semantic Scholar at AI2. Here's Ray with Adriana. AI2 is a nonprofit artificial intelligence research institute based in Seattle, Washington in the US, and it was founded by the late Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen. And you work for Semantic Scholar specifically, which is one of the many important research projects at the institute. Tell me a little bit more about that. Our mission is AI for the common good. Uh, so everything we work on and publish is free to use and available to benefit humanity. Our goal is to use AI to extract meaning and identify connections within papers. More than 3 million papers were published in 2019 alone. 
as you can imagine, that's extremely difficult for any single human to keep up with. So that's why we are employing AI is to help scholars overcome information overload. We have over 500 partnerships that help us achieve this mission. And those partnerships include scientific publishers, academic societies, other content providers who supply us with supplemental content like code libraries and clinical trial information. And we are now at over 185 million papers indexed in our corpus with millions of scholars every month coming to the site from around the globe. Walk us through what the CORD-19 initiative is, why it's so important for researchers, and what does machine learning have to do with it? Yeah, absolutely. So in early March, uh, our team, the Semantic Scholar team, was approached by the White House with a call to action to create a data set for coronavirus-related research. Uh, That actually was the same week that the WHO designated the crisis as a pandemic. We have already pulled together papers from many, many sources. We have been investing in building this technology and these AI-powered tools for five years now. And so we were in a great position to take up this call to action and not only take it up, but respond quickly because we had already invested so much time and energy into the overall problem of information overload in science. And CORE-19 specifically, it's a resource that uh, brings together papers from many different sources, um, including scientific journals, including preprint servers. And the pace of science and publication is really expanding with, with so many folks dedicated to coronavirus around the world. And that makes this problem of trying to stay up to date and finding the research that is most relevant to you as a, as a scholar um, incredibly difficult. And at the speed this is moving, um, it was critical to have all of these resources in one place. And so we initially built the data set for the ML community to see you know, how this can be mined for insights. But additionally, we've seen many standalone applications built on top of the data set, both internally at the Allen Institute and from our external partners and, and collaborators in the global research community. And that's been very exciting to see how quickly people responded to this call to action. And how do researchers interact with the data set? Sure. So we know of at least 50 live applications externally that were built on top of the data set. And many of those are primarily question and answering systems or search interfaces. There are likely more out there that may not have public facing websites. And those are really geared towards discovering new insights in this ever mounting volume of research. We also have folks using this in clinical settings. We're excited to see here in Seattle, we had a clinical researcher who reported using the data set to find relevant data and research about COVID-19's impact on endoscopy. We are also seeing the private sector rally around this. We know that the team at the HP labs, for example, is using this to quickly find insights about this deadly disease. And we also see other clinical applications. We are hearing that it's being used to discover insights related to a vaccine. What can we take from this experience and apply it beyond COVID-19? It's a big experiment that's happening in the scientific community, and it, it potentially will change the way that research is done moving forward. We hope that this leads to greater collaboration. And one key element here is broader uh, open access to this literature. And so the more research that becomes uh, fully available for researchers, we believe that that has a significant impact on how quickly we can discover insights that will hopefully lead us out of this global pandemic. One of the issues that we heard from the medical and research communities is that there was a lot of redundant efforts. And in order to avoid this duplication of effort, the Allen AI team has actually launched a tool called SciSight. And our goal there is to help facilitate larger collaborations and help reduce the amount of duplication of effort that's happening. Because we we heard that time and time again, that it was difficult to understand and, and find people who are working on similar parts of this issue. 
We believe that Core 19 has had the impact that it has because publishers have made their content available, but there's more work to be done in this space. And we hope that this does provide a new collaborative research framework, making findings public, making it easier to collaborate, and avoiding those duplications of effort. What excites you most about the role the cloud will play in helping to power initiatives like Cord 19 and increasing collaboration within the scientific community in a sustained way? We believe that the cloud was a critical piece of the Core 19 project. And because we were already running on the AWS cloud, it was really easy for us to migrate from what was an initial ad hoc process to a fully automated data pipeline. And so what that meant was we were able to shift to daily updates for the data set to accommodate the flood of research that was being published on a daily basis. It also allowed us to easily add in new sources of research as more publishers and societies join this call for open access to the literature on coronavirus. Shifting from the world of medical research, we now turn to direct patient care. Ray chatted to Dr. Ethan Booker, an emergency physician and the medical director of MedStar Telehealth Innovation Center and the MedStar eVisit. Here's Ray and Dr. Booker. No one really saw the onset of COVID-19, like our doctors, nurses, hospitals, and centers of care. Can you describe what the situation was like from your point of view? So in February of 2020, the first full month prior to our COVID response, MedStar Health provided about 240 direct-to-patient telehealth interactions. And we ramped up rapidly in the middle of March to do both on-demand and scheduled visits, as well as a significant amount of work in our emergency department and inpatient. Uh, And between the middle of March and the first week in June, we had passed 200,000 telehealth sessions across all services. More than 80% of that volume driven by new outpatient scheduled video visits. And then to support that exponential growth in telehealth volume, not just with those sort of technical platforms, but a lot of people and a lot of additional resources to make sure that patients and providers were successful. What role did Amazon Connect play in helping MedStar meet the needs of patients? So one of the primary concerns that a lot of patients had was, you know, do I have this illness? And so they came to us to get tested. And the circumstance of, particularly in the early phases of testing, we collected a swab and then sent it off to a lab. And the test result was somewhere between two and seven days and coming back. And so the complexity of getting hundreds of phone calls back out to patients to give them uh, information, to be able to, to coach them through what to do with that information, whether that was a positive test or a negative one, was a, a really important part. Over the two months of our initial telehealth response, we've done more than 25,000 lab callbacks related to COVID and done an additional 5,500 support center calls to support providers and patients in their journey around telehealth. And can you talk a little bit about how the cloud is helping to power your telehealth solution? Telehealth and connected clinical care services allow this continuity of care, but to do that, you need to be able to connect consistently through the experience. The easiest example of this is a patient who's unable to connect to services in some way. They had some technical difficulty. Uh, And the ability for them to reach out via a phone call to have someone troubleshoot and bring them through that experience was the most direct example of these kind of wraparound services. Some of the more complicated ones are a a patient who might present to us through MedStar eVisit for our on-demand telehealth experience and then, you know, meet with a a provider who recognizes their need for ongoing care and then is directing them on to, say, a MedStar Health Urgent Care or a testing tent, and we used 
those wraparound clinical services to make sure that the transition from that video visit to the in-person care was made smoothly. And that means putting some of these services around the technology platforms and having platforms integrate with each other and workloads integrate with each other so that a patient has a seamless experience through it and that providers can always reach out to us and get assistance. And, and that's where, for us, the, the cloud tools are really invaluable. What role will the cloud play in helping MedStar to deliver, not only in times of extreme need, um, like the one that we happen to be in now, but also just in the future as things begin to level out again? So I have a very strong belief that telehealth is the way that we were going to move in the future as well. And I think that the current moment really accelerated um, both our abilities and the thoughts that people have around how this is going to work. And I think that we will only continue to do more and more and more of this connected type care. And, and what's important in, in that connection is creating a continuity of experience for patients such that they can get care where they want, whether that's at home. Uh, and we do a lot of work also in the inpatient facility to make sure that that is a, is a connected experience as well. And, you know, when you're not right in front of a person, the ability to make sure you have reliable connections and that the data about these experiences flows from end to end is a really critical part of doing this. And that's where the, the cloud solutions are really, are really necessary. If you want to hear more stories like today's, I hope you'll join us for our first ever Public Sector Summit online. Register today at aws.amazon.com ps Dash summit dash online. The team will be back with new customer stories for you on the next episode. So stay tuned for more. Thanks to our guest hosts, Teresa Carlson and Dr. Andrew Jones. And a big thank you to our guests, Chris, Adriana, and Ethan. And as always, thank you for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll catch you on the next one.